Hey, this is Zach uh, at Center Church. I am the community pastor here, and we are beginning to rebrand this podcast as ReCenter. And the heart of this podcast is that it'll be a place for our church family to gather and to listen together for what God is saying. I mean, these episodes, we plan that they'll be like letters to Center Church. And the reason we call it ReCenter is because it's like a reply in the subject line of an email. It's going to function a lot like that, like a reply to what's going on around us in the world. And we're going to take a look at how Jesus wants us to respond as his children, as his family, as citizens of his kingdom. Because we know that as followers of Jesus, we're asking for his kingdom to come here as it is in heaven and for his will to be done here as it is in heaven. So this podcast is going to just look to reply to our church to center our lives on Jesus, his kingdom, and to live our lives in obedience to his kingdom today, to bring the order and healing of Jesus to the chaos and sickness of this broken world we currently find ourselves in. Today specifically, we're going to be looking at the very real and present brokenness caused by racism and segregation. These things have plagued our country. You can see it here in Lake County. You can see it in Grays Lake, Libertyville, Vernon Hills, Waukegan, North Chicago. And we will specifically be looking at where we live in Lake County through the eyes of someone who goes to our church, Cheryl Gray. And she's going to share the story of moving from Virginia to Lake County and raising a family here. So listen in for some insights, learn from her story, and maybe it'll show us ways that we can step into God's kingdom to bring kingdom diversity into our city, into our homes, into our neighborhoods, and into our church. We love you guys. Join us and continue to join us as we gather here at the ReCenter Podcast. Hey guys, thanks for joining us. I'm here with Cheryl Gray, who is a member of our church. And uh, Cheryl, how long have you been coming to our church? Um, little, little over a year. A October, bit. October made a year. Many people in our church have gotten to know you, and we've just really come to uh, respect and honor and like love your voice, um, love your laugh, and love the wisdom you share with our church. So <laughs> thank you. Uh, keep being you. Uh, today, I asked Cheryl to come in and have a conversation with us um, as we're talking around. Uh, racial reconciliation, we're talking around Black History Month, um, all these things we're trying to figure out as a church family how we uh, can do a better job hearing each other's stories and understanding uh, our our like upbringing, uh, what it's like to grow up us in this area, and how we walk with Jesus in trying to bring his kingdom, uh, listening to the Holy Spirit. And so I asked you today to come share uh, your perspective, and uh, the first part, obviously, we're just going to ask to hear your story. So... Uh, if you'd share a little bit about like where you're from, how long you've lived in the Lake County area, um, and anything that you want to share with us, that'd be great. All right. Thanks, Zach. Um, thanks for inviting me. Um, I grew up in Virginia, um, and if you can tell from, <laughs> from my accent, um, but I grew up in Virginia where I went to school with predominantly black children um, uh, because at, when I was in school, black children and white children did not, were not allowed to go to school together. And many days, um, I would miss school because um, my family, that was our, our way of providing. And so sometimes they would take the children to work with them in the field, mm. to, you know, to pick tobacco or green beans or whatever the field, what the white people were growing at the time. Mm. And so um, 
Uh, and so I would miss school some days because of that. And then also my mom um, also cleaned houses for white um, people. Actually, she cleaned houses for some of my teachers when when they did integration. But uh, if I went to school, um, if I went to work with her, because sometimes she would take me with her, the children could be the same age as myself, but I couldn't play with them. I had mm. to help my mom clean. Uh, and um, I was in fourth grade when um, integration took place, when it began, and I was bused um, to a new school. Mm. And uh, we, I left my friends and, you know, bused to a new school. And a lot of the black schools, what they call black schools at that point, were torn down uh, because um, the white schools had better equipment mm. and better, were more funded. I had more resources. Um, what, what year, sorry, what year are you in fourth grade? I'm not going to ask how old you are, but people <laughs> can do the math if they want. <laughs> oh, I was, okay, around 1970. Okay. okay, that helps us place it in the story of okay. our country. Okay, okay. Um, and so, yeah, integration took place when I was in fourth grade. And um, that's when I had my first white teacher and then continued and... Um, Things um, for me, school, I enjoyed school because actually once that happened, I didn't miss as much school. Hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I, didn't, I didn't work as much in the fields. I, I helped more with, um, I mean, I was able to go to school more often. And um, I finished high school in 79. Um, actually, part of my story, I lived with my, I was living with my grandparents because my mom had me young. Um, and when... Back then, when my mom had me, she, um, she was um, sent to go live with her aunt, and my grandmother raised me as one of her children. Mm-hmm. And then um, when I was in, like, eighth grade, seventh or eighth grade, I went to live with my dad and my stepmom. And I um, went in my senior year, my it was my junior or senior year, is when I decided that I wanted to go to school in Michigan, um, because my I had a had a white teacher that was uh, that was my junior and senior language English teacher, mm-hmm. and she introduced me to a speech pathologist mm. because when I was growing up, black children didn't have speech pathology. It wasn't until eleventh grade that I had speech, and the speech pathologist did such a great job with me. Mm-hmm. I thought that I wow, and he was from Michigan. And he, and I thought, wow, that's what I, I want to help children. I want to help children to know how to speak better because I didn't have that until, and I, I didn't even know it exists, yeah. you know, yeah. until growing up. I didn't even know that exists until um, I was in 11th grade and a teacher, a white teacher, um, did that for me. Hmm. And... Um, and, and, and I ended up in education. I, I think you know that. Yeah, you, you ended end up, up in education. Then, yeah, but that was the turning point. That was me. when it started. That, yeah, that was when it so started. So this is, you're going, after high school, you're going off to college in Michigan? Mm-hmm. I, went to, okay. I went to school. I went to Western Michigan University in Kalamazoo, Michigan. Okay, yeah. And, um, and because that's what my speech pathologist teacher had you graduated came from. Yeah, came from. Lot, and okay. I was just, yeah, I was just like so, I was just so... Um, amazed at how 
much he helped me. Yeah, I mean, it yeah. makes a huge difference the yeah. way you present yourself to the world, right? Yeah, yeah. Because so, yeah. I know people who have speech impediments, it's an insecurity. They don't talk then. Their yeah. voice isn't heard. Yes, Because yes. they don't want to be heard yeah, the way exactly. they sound. So. So, and now in schools today, yeah. and, and I, I was a school administrator, we test children even before they come to school yeah. sometimes, you know. Uh, yeah. But definitely in the kindergarten through like fourth grade, you know, we have kids that's in speech. But like I said, sometimes students are even tested before they even come to school, do pre-screening yeah. and things. Yeah, yeah. giving and a child its voice is an amazing thing. Yeah, that's yeah. Cool. And to imagine, I didn't have it until I was 11th uh, or 11th, 10th, 11th grade. Yeah, wow. yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Um, so you're in Western Michigan. Uh, you're going to school. What was it like there, going to school in Western Michigan? Because you came from Virginia. Right. That's a far move north. Right, so right, right, what right, right. Um, a lot, <laughs> uh, a lot changed. A big thing for me was that um, when most children, when they go to school, go to college, um, their parents take them. Mm-hmm. They take them and they move them in and things and stuff like that. Well, my family couldn't afford to do that. They could. They couldn't. They. They. They were. I was blessed to be able to go to college. Right. Yeah. You know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, and so my family. Didn't go, I went by myself. Mm-hmm. I flew to Kalamazoo, Michigan, took a taxi to um, the school. See all these parents, white parents, moving their kids into the schools and everything. And the taxi put my stuff on the sidewalk, and I managed to get myself in and settled. You yeah. know, and that was like, wow, you know what? This is different. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is this is really different. But I think I had, I know I had that I can do anything mm-hmm. that um, anyone else can do. Um, who, who instilled that in you? I, you know what? I don't know. I, I just, I think sometimes people just have that, um, have it inside. Yeah. Because I just, I just believe, hmm. I, I believed in myself that I could do anything. Now, I today I believe that all of it was a part of God's plan, mm-hmm. but at that time I knew that I wanted better than what I grew up with. Yeah. I wanted and I don't necessarily want to say better cuz I don't want people to think that I didn't have a good life, mm-hmm. but I knew I wanted more. I knew I wanted more. If that makes sense. I wanted more. Yeah. I wanted um, to, because my parents were not together, mm-hmm. and so I, uh, and so it, it was living with my grandparents was wonderful. Uh, I mean, they loved me, mm-hmm. but I knew that I wanted more out of life. Mm-hmm. I wanted to do more. Yeah. And I just believe that was just something that God gave me. Yeah. You know, and so, um, and so, and then when I saw things like the speech thing and yeah. the speech teacher, then I wanted more. Yeah. yeah. You know. You know, so from your story, I think of like um, lots of kids who graduate high school and their parents are motivating going to college, right? Right. right. I think it's cool in your story that you had a vision of what God kind of given you a passion for to help kids find their voice. Yeah. And that you went through multiple hurdles of like one, not being able to afford it, two, not having your parents drop you off, three, going across the country. Yeah. Just to get to the starting point, you already had a lot more things to go through than the average college student. So just, I think that's a cool part of your story that like, like you said, you wanted more and you knew it was going to take work to get there. And And so my, 
my freshman year, within the first couple of months, yeah. I heard about a, um, a program mm-hmm. that you could do your student teaching in England, in Warsaw, England. And I said, I want to do that. Mm-hmm. And that was my freshman year. My senior year, they, out of 13 applicants, they picked two. And I was one of That's them. That's awesome. I was one of them, yeah. And so I got to do my student teaching in Warsaw, England. Cool. And so so, um, being there, um, I also got to to visit uh, Paris Mm -hmm. and Scotland. And because I did, like, I had a two-week, what they call, um, holiday. Yeah. And I just traveled around. Walking, yeah. trying to, um, to to see different places and things. So that was a experience that I will always have. Yeah, you know. that's cool. So. I wanted to ask you a little bit about, so you moved to Michigan. What was the dorm life? Because you used to live with your grandparents, and now you're thrown in with people who are strangers to you. So what was dorm life like? Um, it was different. Yeah. I, I Unfortunately, I had a roommate that, uh, that did not... I didn't grow up with any black people, yeah. <laughs> so I had a, uh, um, and so that was difficult. The first, the first um, semester was quite difficult. Hmm. Um, she, I could tell that she was very uncomfortable with me, mm-hmm. you know, and so, um, and um, and so I, I, she stayed her distance from me, you know. I and I'm, I'm a, I'm a, a talkative person. Mm-hmm. I'm, you know, I, so I tried to be. Uh, I tried to become friends, but um, we never. To to this day, I have mm. no idea where she's where at she's, because yeah. because it just did it didn't work. Mm-hmm. Um, the second semester, she moved out. Okay. She moved out of the the dorm room with mm. me, and uh, and so. So do you find a different roommate at that point, or? At Ashley, because I was in the suite mate, yeah. so it was just me, and then. Um, Two other girls. The other two was fine. They, you know, what we got along great. Yeah. You know, um, at the end of my, uh, so I end up having the rest of the room to myself, for the, which was fine yeah. with me. But at the end of my freshman year, I became a RA because I had I put my own self to school. I, you know, mm-hmm. at least I thought I put my own self to school. <laughs> it was God doing, right, yeah. but um, but I had I worked and and so to help. To pay for room and board, mm-hmm. I um, became a RA. Okay, yeah. And then, so that way, I had a room by myself, mm-hmm. you know. And then, uh, and then my last year, I was an AD assistant director of the. So that's how that's I. Yeah. Okay. I, and then during the summer, uh, every year during the summer, I didn't come home to Virginia. I stayed and I worked. Because I needed the money to continue school, yeah. I um, I worked as an orientation leader okay. um, a couple of years, and then um, you heard of Cedar Point, mm-hmm. Santa Garcia, yeah. Ohio. I worked there during the summer, okay. a couple of summers too, and so so I spent my four my all of my time at Weston during the summer. I worked, and so that was um, school, and That's then um, right when um, it was time to graduate mm-hmm. from college. Um, a couple of districts mm-hmm. in, in Lake in County, Lake County yeah. okay. that was um, looking for minority teachers. Okay, and so um, in one of my interviews um, um, on campus, they they so they had people coming to camp to Michigan okay. to interview, and so uh, Zach, 
um, I was interviewed by someone from one of the districts, and he was so impressed that I got to go do my student teaching in England, Warsaw, yeah. England, that that's pretty much all we talked about. <laughs> and then he said, he said, I don't have a job at my district, but I know another district that's looking for major- minority teachers, and so um, I will uh, pass your name on. And so I got a phone call from the other district. Yeah. Once I got back um, home, I got a phone call. And I um, was offered a job over the phone because they were looking for minority teachers. Yeah, yeah. And that year, that district hired 13 minority teachers. Okay. And I was one of them. Yeah. And so that's how I ended up in Lake County. So then you moved and to Lake that, County to the school district. That was district. in 1984. Okay. A part of my story that's, that's so instrumental that who I am today is that um, when I grew up, Zach, we went to church but especially when I was living with my dad and my stepmom, yeah. that if we didn't go to church on, if I didn't go to church on Sunday, I couldn't do anything else. And so that was my, what I knew about church. And so when I went off to college, I, um, when I went off to college, I did the same thing. I disciplined myself that way. Yeah. That if I... If I didn't go to church on Sunday, then I couldn't, I didn't go to the parties and things and stuff. Why in college? I I lived a life that was not pleasing to God. Though I um, um, went to church on Sundays for hanging out and things. But um, there were some things that had happened that um, was traumatic that, that led me to surrender my life to God, and I can um, remember the night before I moved to um, Lake County, before Mm -hmm. I moved to Lake County, that night I I fell down on my knees and I just cried out to God. I just, I just like, God, if you are as real as people say you are, Mm -hmm. Make yourself real to me tonight. I just, I said, I'm moving to a, a whole new place, a place that no one knows Cheryl Porter mm-hmm. at the time, Cheryl Porter. Cheryl Porter yeah. So no one knew, I said, no one knows Cheryl Porter, and I'm moving there. God, forgive me for all the things that I have done, and please, God, if you are as real as people say you are, make yourself real to me. Mm. And my life have never been the same. Mm. God did just that. God did just that. He took my life and he changed it. He washed me clean and made me his. Mm. And that was the turning point. And that was just before I moved to Lake County. Yeah, so, so the first time you moved to college with no parents, the second time you moved to Lake County and your Heavenly Father goes with you. Like. I- yeah. You have that. Yeah, I have that. Beautiful yeah. thing of like meeting him before your new next adventure. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, yeah. And so, um, so I moved to Lake County. Yeah. I didn't know anyone. I didn't have anyone here. Uh, the job was offered to me over the phone, mm-hmm. and I actually drove. <laughs> I drove from Michigan in a stick shift. Did not know how to drive. A you stick didn't know shift. how to drive stick shift. I did not know how to drive. Well, by a the time stick you got shift. here, you did. By the time. <laughs> 
I got here when I was actually I got stuck in the traffic and I got stuck in the traffic in Chicago. Yes, <laughs> so got, that's the worst. Right, it is. I got stuck in the traffic in Chicago, and the car kept cutting off because of the clutch. Kept stalling. Right, and I finally just like, God, you got to get me out of this. <laughs> you just got to get me out of this, and he did, and yes. I. Drove to. I was meeting the um, the principal that had in, that offered me the job. I was coming to meet him and his mm-hmm. wife, and he was introducing me to this lady that I was going to rent a room from until I can get on my own two feet. Um, you know, you know, get settled and mm-hmm. stuff. And so I met him on the corner of Green Bay and Grand Avenue. Okay, and never have met. Yeah. Anyone here? <laughs> I just drove the stick ship. God, thank you, God. <laughs> and I um, met them. That was the first time I met them. Mm. Awesome. And he took me over to a lady's house that um, I was supposed to live with for just a couple um, months until I, until I got settled and stuff. Well, I lived with her for um, um, two years. Oh, yeah, wow. yeah, yeah, yeah. I lived with her for two years. And she just passed oh. this year during COVID. Um, so she was like my mom here. Yeah. So she was like my mom here. I'm sorry. Thank you. And so, but anyway. Um, so you guys were close after we were, that. We were, okay. we were close after that. Um, because I um, also, I had told God, that night I cried out to God. Mm-hmm. I had said to God that um, I wanted to find a church home here. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to um, be active and get involved. Mm-hmm. Because I, I made that promise to God that night. If you make yourself real to me, mm-hmm. then I will serve you. And, and so when I moved here, also I had talked to the pastor at the church that I was attending mm-hmm. before I moved, and he knew a pastor. He did know a pastor okay. here. So I didn't know, Zach, I did not go to the church that he told me about. I um, just um, visit every Sunday mm-hmm. because I wanted to make sure that whatever church I went to, mm-hmm. that that's where I felt that God wanted me to be mm-hmm. and that I could serve there. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted to visit before I went to the church that he told me to because I wanted to make sure that before the pastor told me mm-hmm. to because I wanted to make sure that was where God wanted what me. What did you be, yeah? Well, I've been here since August, and finally the first Sunday in October of 84, I went to that church. That's where I met my husband. Mm. That Sunday, the first Sunday there, um, I met him that first Sunday there. And six months, we, we dated for about six months, mm. only about six months. And then he asked me to marry him. And we actually, if he was alive today, it would be 34 years. Mm. But we were married 30 years before God took him home. Mm. And we served in we served in ministry together. together That's awful. For, for 30 years together. And his name? Was James. James. His, name, his, name, his name was James. His also. name was James, right. His name was James. And so, um, so yeah, so that's how I ended up in, in Lake County. Okay. I, um, for a teaching position. Yeah. And I taught, um, well, I, I, I retired in 2019. Yeah. From, um, um, 35 years. I did, um, 23 years in one district. Yeah. And then the last 12 years, I, I did 23 years in one district as a teacher. Yeah. And then um, I did the last 12 years as a school administrator, okay. assistant principal in the last district. Cool. Right? Yeah. 
Awesome, Cheryl. So you have been in the education system in Lake County for a long time. For 30, yeah. for, I did 35 yes. years. You've seen I, a lot of kids come yeah, through. Yeah. And yeah. a lot of change in Lake County in that yeah, time, I'm sure. Yeah, well, yeah. we're going to get into more of this in later episodes. I think that's a great spot to pause. Okay. Because the next episode, I really want to ask you about like parenting. And I'm sure that okay. comes shortly after where we just paused, right? Right, right. Met your husband, got married, right. uh, met James. And so we'll pause here and then uh, join us next episode as we get to hear a little bit more of Cheryl's story, what it was like to parent, um, what it was like to be a mom of a black family in Lake County. Uh, And so we can't wait to hear that. And we will talk to you in a little, Cheryl.